this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Okay, Blue Jays and Yankees, no score in the sixth. And the basketball game, Heat and Celtics, just underway. Game one of the NBA East Finals. Okay, uh, you're having coffee with Jay Woodcroft and or Ken Holland. Sitting down, shooting the breeze. Uh, maybe I'll bring up something about the season, see what they say. I'm curious. Got an email here, inside sports at 630chad.com from the Big L. Love the Big L. Very funny individual. He says, hey, Reed, I would say, hey, Ken, hey, Jay, thanks for the coffee and eliciting my th- insights. You know, I watched the playoffs and my feelings were if we were playing pickup hockey and we threw all our sticks into a pile of center ice, I would feel a lot better if my team ended up with Skinner's stick. Campbell just doesn't instill a great deal of confidence in me. Too much money for a goalie who needed several stretches of time to find his game. Can I have a donut? That's from the Big L. The Big L can write some dialogue, Kellen. Yes. That guy could be that's, a script doctor. Maybe well, do a little Scorsese, work on a Scorsese I was film. Say, Leaves I, a little more profanity for us if it was a Scorsese film. He could work as a scab script writer right now because I think the legit yeah. script writers are on strike, I, are they not? So. I, I would love it if Big L sent me that, but it was just a character uh, performed by Joe Pesci doing it. Oh, that'd be yeah, phenomenal. The, the, the language might be a little... I couldn't read that one on the radio. Casino-era Joe Pesci. I, I like Home Alone-era Joe Pesci myself, but there we go. Calling me a clown? You think I'm funny? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. That's an interesting way to put it, though, from the Big L. If you were playing pickup hockey and Skidder and Cavill were the two goalies, whose stick would you want thrown onto your side of the ice? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a fair comment. Uh, hit me with a couple you got coming in, Kelly. You've got it. Uh, Dave is our first to text in on the topic tonight, and he says, "I would ask Ken Holland if there were any possible way that he could move Darnell Nurse in his contract, and why or why not." That's from Dave. Okay. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I think that's what Ken Holland would tell you. Uh, Dion texted again and said, I would say to Holland, we are stuck with Campbell and Skinner. Please go and get Sean Burke to improve them. It would be way cheaper than dumping Campbell, and he would be fantastic for Skinner. Uh, yeah, well, I think Sean Burke did a uh, pretty good job with the Vegas goaltenders. As everybody knows, Dustin Schwartz has been the uh, Oilers goaltending coach for, oh, my goodness, how many years are we up to? I want to say eight or nine. Uh, he was uh, with the team before that as well. I mean, so... Yeah, I mean, Skinner had a good year. Campbell did not. I mean, that's the summary. Skinner didn't have a great playoff, but I think you can raise the question of what is the Oilers' playoff seeding, or are they in the playoffs if Skinner didn't step up and have the season that he did? All right. Un- well, actually, it's our uh, one of our regular texters texting in. Norm in a combine. Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs> I don't think I would sit and have coffee unless they had to say the truth. Not interested in all the generic answers that don't hold water from Norm in a combine. Oh, Norm's a. Well, that's not even a. That's not even the assignment. I go- What's up with Norm in a combine today? Uh, you know what? It's summertime. It's hot in the combine. It's hot in the combine. Well, it's very gross and smoky out there. Yeah, unless you have the windows. So, yeah, yeah, because of the, so it is sad about the fires. Obviously, uh, hopefully we're taking your mind off that for a bit. Mm-hmm. 7804960063. Uh Kellen, I should get to something I was neglectful. I was a neglect you want to do one more or do you want me to go to the, this long one from a couple days no, ago? No, go go ahead and Okay. Uh, so here's one. the this one actually isn't on the assignment. So what happened was what is today? Wednesday? I'm losing track of what day it is. It is Wednesday. So yes. the season ended Sunday night 
uh, we did a lot of, we're doing a lot sort of going over the this, this season, the playoffs. So we've had a lot of calls uh, and emails and, and, and texts and everything on Monday. Uh, a lot yesterday as well. But we're not getting as many calls tonight. We're getting some things coming in written. But I, I missed this originally, and Kellen just reminded me. So someone wrote this in Monday night, but after the show had ended. Uh, their handle is just a diehard Oilers fan, so they didn't put their name on it. But it, it's it's a little more lengthy, but I want to read it because this person put a lot of effort into it. So I'm sorry I should have got to this last night because it's from about 8.15 on Monday. Okay, you ready, Kellen? Mm-hmm. I got to get psyched up to read it. Yes. Uh, but it's, it's, it's well done, so I'll do it. So this person says, hi, Reed. Oilers fans and Oilers media need to pump the brakes a bit before calling out what they think are glaring weaknesses the day after being eliminated. At the end of the day, the Oilers got beat by a better-slash-equal competitor that executed their game plan better. They also got a bit lucky when LB was hurt and Hill came in as Hill performed above expectations. Stuart Skinner is a future franchise goaltender. Maybe he didn't look as good in the playoffs as his season-saving performances down the stretch, but he has all the tools and ceiling to get better. His Positional play is already better than most other keepers in the league, so stop talking about trading him for Hellebuck or Gibson. We don't need to sell the present slash future for for aging and soon-to-be has-beens. Okay, I'll interject there. This is Reed now, not the emailer. I did anybody talk about trading Skinner for Hellebuck or Gibson? I don't think that did, did that come up on Monday, Kelly. Uh, I can't remember. I that. threw nope. out there as a hypothetical what if. What if you could trade Campbell for Hellebuck? Uh, anyway, I, I, I haven't, maybe I'm forgetting. I mean, obviously I interact with a lot of fans, so I don't remember everything, but I, I don't think anybody was suggesting trading Skinner. Okay. Back to this person's email. A huge part of the playoff series woes against Vegas could have been corrected by management and coaching. Personnel usage was atrocious in my opinion. They didn't call anyone up or insert reserve roster players that were fresh and healthy to help rest some of the injured players. Guys like Niemelainen, Holloway, Lavoie, Shorm alone could have provided relief. Even young Broberg looked better every game but had limited ice time. As well, Campbell should have been given a chance after game three. Who cares what his regular season numbers were? The regular season didn't matter at this stage. All that mattered was winning games, and Campbell's relief numbers were leaps better than Skinner's overall playoff numbers. Even a game or two rest could have reset Skinner, and honestly, Campbell looked determined to win the crease back when called upon. Okay, I'll interject here as well. Totally, and at some point, if I were coaching, I probably would have put Campbell in. I I understand why they kept going back to Skinner, but the object in the playoffs, as this emailer alluded to, is is to win games. It's not to worry about how you won regular season games. I I disagree that other than Holloway, that you put or should have put in players like Niemelainen and Lavoie. Sure, I mean you could have put in Shore Malone, but what are they? What are they really going to add? Like, th- let's not get caught up in the shiny new toy thing here. I think Raphael Lavoie could be a good player. I don't know if he was going to come in and save the season. Quite frankly, I don't even think Holloway would have done that, though he could have helped more than the other guys. Okay, back to the email. To be honest, the Oilers are a piece or two away from being a dominant contender. Off-season acquisition focus should be a D-man capable of playing mean and shutting opponents down, like Dumba, Gavrikov, Stetcher, or Susie. Uh, 
Is Stetcher mean? I've never thought of him as mean. Anyway, uh, all our UFAs resign Bukestad and start using some of the organi organizational depth to offset salary cap. The team was better than last year, but perhaps it's time to put the foot down and hammer on goals against and sound team defense that's showing up night in and night out to start games on time and not take your foot off the gas when you have a lead. Oilers will be better next season, barring some sort of catastrophic calamity. They capitalize that, Kellen. This might be uh, Hunter S. Thompson writing this. Oh, it might be. Yeah. Uh, well, once again, be Stanley up favorites have some faith relax and take some time before blaming the players sincerely a diehard Oilers fan okay uh very good email well written i don't agree with all of it and i don't think talking about why a team lost is necessarily blaming people i, I mean sometimes players don't perform as well as you would like is it's not blame to point it out i think that's just saying okay here's what probably happened but yeah but i think I don't think anybody, I mean, there was maybe a couple people who were like, no, no, hold the phone. They're actually not that good. Um, but I think for the most part, I don't think anybody is saying they're more than a couple pieces away, but they are away. And that's what I'm emphasizing this week. Good team, should be a good team going forward, maybe for several years, should be a playoff team. But how do you get over the hump? Okay, you made the West final. Okay, you made the second round. How do you get over the hump? And there were reasons beyond just, you know, some bad luck or bad breaks or whatever that they didn't. There were reasons Vegas won the series. The Oilers got to make sure they're on the other side of that going forward. That person must really like the show, though. Mm-hmm. Well, if you are a diehard Oilers fan, maybe they station, emailed right? that to everybody they know, too. There That's also go. possible. Okay, <laughs> well, I need a break from talking after that. We have Rocket on the line. Hello, Rocket. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Yeah, no, I uh, <clears throat> I agree with that uh, philosophy of the texture. I think we are only two pieces away. I think I texted this in before. One, um, you know, get a top four, move CC to the third third line do not get rid of him in in any way uh just give him less minutes and and bring another guy in we saw the effect of that with Ekholm right off the hop how, how it benefited Bouchard so let's repeat process and uh as far as the top six goes uh, Yamamoto clearly needs to go because it it doesn't fit anymore. We've tried it. You know, he's he's not Marty St. Louis. Never will be. Uh, never should have been. Uh, can't drop him to the third and fourth line. Just need our system players like Holloway, for example, to fill that role. Can you trade him and free up cap space? Uh that's up to Ken Holland. I, I heard all of the interviews today. I loved what every single player said. There's nothing to change except tweaking a couple of things and then getting it into their mindset that, you know, second periods or five on five, whatever goals against, what everybody's yeah. talking about needs to be a little bit better, right? And it's, you know, we all heard it's, it's uh, you know, a puck goes off somebody's ass, and, you know, that could decide the series, right? So don't let it get to that point. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Rocket. Appreciate it.
780-496-0063. We have uh, another Don calling in. Don number two, go ahead. Hey, Reid, how's it going? Quite well. So, this is a question I talk to a lot of friends about and stuff, and I'm sure you're aware of it, how people talk about Darnell and, you know, what should happen to him. And I'm not saying they should or shouldn't trade him or move him, but why is it, why is he so untouchable right now? Why is he so untouchable? Okay, here here's the thing. And, and I'm going to be really clear here, okay? Yep. That I, I if for, for all the people who call in and say that Darnell Nurse is, is overpaid, I would generally agree with you. Because he doesn't have the offensive upside of other defensemen who are in that pay range, okay? Yep. So... Ken Holland looked at how Darnell Nurse played when he was making five point whatever. Was it 5.57, whatever it was? Right. And he said, okay, I I know that you can do that, and I think you can do that probably for another decade. So I'm going to give you $9.25 million, and I just want you to go out there and do that. I don't think Ken Holland signed Darnell Nurse thinking he was going to all of a sudden turn into Eric Carlson or uh, Kale McCarr or whoever. Right. So this is why, and I said this a couple weeks ago, the people who are mad at Darnell Nurse for making the money, I think that your anger is misdirected. Because if you want to be mad at the GM for something, that's probably something you could be mad at him about. Now, why did Ken Holland sign him? He said it when he made the signing. He said, if I let Darnell Nurse go, I'm looking for a defenseman like Darnell Nurse. Now, could have he got him for $8 million? I don't know. Maybe. But who, I don't know. You know, it, it went up to 9.25. So why is Darnell Nurse untouchable? Well, let me ask you this question. If, if uh, I assuming you, you think he's overpaid or don't like him or something? No, it's not that I don't like him. Um, uh, as far as I know, I know people who know him. They say he's one of the nicest Okay, guys not him, him as a person, him, him as a player. Yeah, but as a player, I, I, I don't dislike him. Um, like you, yes, I think he's probably slightly overpaid. Um, but what was the alternative? They say they didn't offer him $9 million, Say they offered him... Like you said, what was this contract? Five and a half million, five four. Yeah, it was just. I think it was just over five and a half. Yeah. So say they offered him six or seven. Like, would he was he going to walk if he didn't get nine million? We may never know that. I, I was surprised, but like, I honestly thought he might just get what Leon is making. You know, he gets right. eight and a half. They're making the same thing. It's almost like an internal cap that no one can right. make more than Leon. I mean, no one's going to make more than Connor, except maybe Leon in a couple of years. So, yeah, right, right. I, w- I was surprised by about a million dollars, but he was probably still getting $8 million. And is, and you know what Brownie always says, is he a true number one defenseman? Maybe not, but he is the number one defenseman on this team. Yeah. And and I think that we saw he was still used more often than ne- Ekholm, even after Ekholm got here. And Ekholm was outstanding. But he was still used more often than Ekholm and probably on the balance got tougher matchups than Ekholm. So he's been perceived that way by several different coaches. Yeah. No, hey, and I, I, I agree with you 100%, Reed. So that's, so, that's why, so that's why they won't trade him because they don't think there's a replacement for him. 
Right, because at least you've addressed it, because I've just heard, you know, Bob and others, and when this question keeps coming up, it's just that he ain't being traded, and that's, you know, and it okay. ends there without any kind of explanation. The, and the reason sometimes, I, I guess I shouldn't speak for other hosts or people or fans or whoever, the reason sometimes I don't address it, because there's a difference between criticism and hatred. Oh, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. Right. And, and I, I always – last year during the playoffs, there was, a, uh, there was a, a young woman that called in and said the Oilers will never win the Stanley Cup with Darnell Nurse on the roster. And to me, that's just mean. And I got mad at her. And it's more than just mean. It's it's ignorant to the game of hockey. Like anybody that says that Darnell Nurse is not a good hockey player is they're they're kidding themselves. He's a good hockey player, but is he a nine million dollar player? No, like he's probably this year, this year he was maybe I don't know maybe so. Like again, I I don't think he's ever sco- going to score twenty five goals and get sixty points or. You know, to go along with the, but he had a he had a pretty good season, except for oh, I mean, everybody brings up that game against St. Louis. It's like, okay, well, yeah, he gave the puck away in the final minute once in eighty-two games. Like, sorry, you know. Yeah. Well, would you agree though that his contract has handcuffed the Oilers a little bit in what we can do, like for p- keeping players for next year? Uh, short term, possibly. Um, yeah. Holland mentioned today, Luch is coming off the books. Sekera is coming off the books. That's going to free off some money. So, yeah, yes, yeah. I, I get it. I, same thing with the Cassian contract, right? Now, that wasn't yeah. as big a money, but, I mean, right. he was overpaid for, for what he had to do. So, yeah. I, yeah. I get it. Like, I, I just think uh, if, hey, if – if, don't be mad at Nurse. That are in this boat. There's other teams that have done the same thing. Like, this isn't the first time this has ever happened. Oh, of course not. Show. No. Yeah, so – but – and you're right. I, I hate it when people call in with hate about Darnell – and you know saying he's not a good player i mean he is a good player he's he just didn't have a nine million dollar year like you said okay appreciate it no problem thanks reed okay take a quick time out uh, we'll get in another call before the news and kelly rudy is coming up as well This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Okay, we'll go to Mark on the Certainty Hotline. Mark, you're on with Reed. Go ahead, please. Hey, Reed. Uh, just want to talk about the team defense aspect. Sure. I don't think it's actually going to change much until our two superstars buy into it, and I'll, I'll explain why I feel this way. We've had four coaches that have actually tried to instill this McClellan, Hitchcock, Tippett, and now. Uh, uh, our coach here now, Woodcroft. But those guys, I mean, they got to sacrifice a little bit of offense to, to buy into this team defense aspect. You see our defensemen, their biggest uh, breakout play is the flip shot because we got our guys blowing the coverage coming out of the zone to try and get that break. We got to get back to the playing the defense. I mean, all four teams that are still left in the playoffs have great centermen that play defense first or two way centermen. Yeah, I, I, I personally, Mark, can stay on the line. I, I, I think it's my, – my impression is is that both McDavid and Dreisaitl have improved defensively. Uh, I agree. I agree. I just don't think they're there yet. And I, and I quite frankly, I, I mean, look, Leon Dreisaitl is an exceptional player. He had a really bad game six against Vegas. You know, fair comment. Until they win, we're going to keep hearing, hearing stuff like that. And that's and that goes to the whole thing another caller said, and I've said this, 
a lot of the defend and it's funny like we just had a caller calling in about nurse well just because nurse is the closest guy to the net when the puck goes in doesn't mean it's his fault because sometimes there should be some forwards back around there too right yeah no i agree you you saw it in the playoffs there was lots of guys that weren't in their positions to help out the defense and they're left stranded okay appreciate it mark thank you 780-496-0063. We will uh, get to Kelly Rudy. Drew Remenda's going to pop on as well. He's always fun. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Hope you're having a great day.